Backs on either side, takes a shotgun snap, unloads it deep left side, end zone. Oh, Donnie Corley with the catch, took it away from Cole Luke. Touchdown, MSU. RJ Shelton's inside the five, hits for the right pylon, into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. Hands to Gerald Holmes, plows toward the goal line, he's into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. Tyler O'Connor takes a knee. Holds his arms up. He has just led the Spartans to a win at Notre Dame. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Stephen Oshansky. Alongside, as always, the young Mr. Casey Harrison. The two of us just got back from Notre Dame, the beautiful campus of Notre Dame, where we watched Michigan State outlast Notre Dame 36-28 in an impressive victory over the Irish that I think a lot of people didn't see coming, especially in that fashion, but we'll get to that in a little bit. We're going to also talk today... Let me give you the rundown of this one. We're also going to talk... Some of the other scores around the country, we're going to be our chumping champ from the Michigan State Notre Dame thing. I think that's one of our favorite segments. Uh, we're also going to give you our hot takes, as always. And then on Mondays, uh, this is Tuesday now, we're going to give you the national rankings, our top five, and the Big Ten, uh, also what we think is the top five of the Big Ten. So without further ado, let's get along here. Mr. Harrison, you sat right next to me throughout that whole game. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, so, yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me the I breakdown. Took the words right out of my mouth. MSU won the game 36-28, uh, to 28, but it, it seemed a lot more distant than that. Uh, MSU went up big in that game. Uh, one point scored, what, five straight touchdowns, four straight touchdowns? No, it was, yes. And uh, they, they went up 36-7? to 36-7, to seven, yeah. And yeah, um, I mean, at that point, it seemed like it was it, it was, was a just, done deal. It was just um, an utter trouncing at that it, point. And I mean, Notre Dame they started to inch back a little bit, and they they had themselves in this hole, and they they dug them out a little quietly. They they were peeking, they were their eyes were above ground level. Sparty was in the background; he just wasn't paying attention. And I mean, they they came close. They could have tied the game. Well, they would not have tied the game, but they could have come within a field goal distance. Um, of, of that game and I, I think if you're going to talk about standout players of the game offensively Donnie Corley a uh, true freshman wide receiver able to go out to South Bend a pristine uh, football venue like that um, I he mean, had a breakout it's a, it's a, yeah I mean he had such a game for, uh, shows that he can play with the big boys shows that he can kind of he, he's the real deal. I mean, if he can make plays like that as a freshman, he's only going to get bigger. He's only going to get stronger, only going to get faster. Um, so, yeah, that, I mean, that's it's a really nice takeaway. And then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, John Reschke, he didn't play against Furman, was able to get a pick that led to a touchdown. So you always like to see that. you gotta rem- you got to mention the, the play before where he blew up uh, Josh Adams in the backfield. Yeah. He came right, right through his gap. Adams didn't even see him coming and he just dumped him. And yeah. Then, and then, like you said, you get that pick right after that. I mean, that was I – mean, he had eight eight tackles, six solo tackles, and then that pick uh, really kind of sealed uh, John Reschke's uh, coming back party, I guess you could call it. He's already he's already established himself as a proven player. I think um, that was definitely one of the um, you know turning points in that game. Um, turning points wise in that game, I think is and I wrote about it in in the CP in the State News and check that one out on statenews.com. Um, it was 
it was that Miles Boykin of Notre Dame when he when that punt just took oh. an errant bounce right off yeah, his right foot. Off didn't his even foot. didn't even see it coming. The poor guy. I, I mean, it sucks that that kind of went down as a fumble because he didn't yeah. deserve to get a oh, fumble for no, that. Exactly. And then Michigan State, you know, eight seconds later, we're up. They're tying the game up. Yeah. And it was a that was a first I think big pass of that was the longest pass of the game for O'Connor and that was the longest pass I think of his career at that point. Yeah. That goes thirty eight yards. Um, just lofted that one up there, and you got to talk about that Corley catch. Yeah, he just ripped it right out of Cole Luke's hands. That he, you know, Cole Luke defended that one. I think rather well, for you know being a cornerback where he's got to step up. And um, he's a fifth year senior, but you know he's him stepping up there, and then you know defending Corley rather well. And just for Corley to have that presence of mind as a freshman, just to rip that from his hands, I thought was one of the key moments of that game. And I think as a Spartan fan, if you were watching that one closely, you knew, um, you know, that was a good play yeah, to really change that momentum. And it was good because you'd see in long times where MSU would get, you know, a fumble recovery and then do nothing with it. And that had been Spartan brand football for a while. But now they're, they're starting to get those bounces and then capitalize them on them as well. Yeah, um, I, I think you can go one step further, talk about some of the things that I like during the game. Um, the fact that Tyler O'Connor can actually complete a deep ball, right. um, that's that's something, I mean, you see a little bit of it, but not like what you did against Notre Dame, uh, especially like in previous years right. with Cook at the well, home. His passes to Donnie Corley, besides that 38-yarder, were 11 yards, yeah. 11 yards, 11 yards, and then 28 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, you also like to see the, the play calling. I mean, it wasn't conservative at all. Um, no, they're very, they opened it's very fresh. Very much. They had a really nice mix. MSU dominated the run game. Um, yeah, wasn't oh, even yeah. close. Oops. Notre Dame only had what seventy four yards um, total rushing. So that I mean that's that's a really good thing. Uh, I think they had less than forty seven. I think they only had fifty fifty. I'm looking here right now. It says seventy four yard, uh, yards gained rushing. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So that broadcast is said fifty seven. Yeah. So um, I mean that's that's good if you're a defensive line member. Um, one of they, the things, though, for the team that they still have to work on before they play Wisconsin is uh, trouble in the backfield. And not, uh, I mean, with the secondary, um, the fact that Notre Dame kind of capitalized on the hurry up and go type offense. Yeah. I think a lot of that came down to them trying to milk the clock, and they were playing prevent yeah. defense. And that kind of defense is meant to only give up like six yards of throw. Yeah. And But they gave up. I mean, Notre Dame had to give up pretty way big, too many. But yeah. I think one, one pass was like. 32 yards and then the next one was 34 it was like back to back i think if you're notre dame and i think if you're michigan state um you can't really be exposed like that and you can't be subject to those types of comebacks and i mean it was a close call if it was a higher ranked opponent if they were going up against maybe a michigan maybe an ohio state um those teams come back and they win Right, and I don't think they call the same kind of calls. Yeah, I mean, thirty-six I, yeah. to seven. I think you, you might change. They're gonna look at that, go back and, and rethink about it. I think people, some people, probably had flashbacks to 06. Yeah, <laughs> ten years later, they almost blew that one. Uh, final thoughts on that one. Um, I, I give Michigan State a B on this. They B they game. did a really good job. Um, still a little bit of room for improvement, but overall, it was a pretty good, pretty good rating, pretty good scouting. I would definitely go probably the same range. I might even give them an A minus because they blew out Notre Dame for quite a bit there, and they look just as much as uh, as the um, guys that they should look to be. Um, it, what they looked like, what they should, what they did, college football playoff wise last year, they looked like the team that had been there before. So on to I think on to our next one. 
you know, it, how does this game compare around the rest of the country from what you saw? I mean, um, go through games and, and whatnot. Okay, so Alabama, they won by, <laughs> by the slimmest of margins against number 19 Ole Miss, number 19 at the time. Um, that, that game was at Ole Miss, and it, it almost kind of seemed like at the beginning of that game that it was going to be like uh, the, the matchup last year where Ole Miss upset Alabama. And I, I, I think Uncle Nick, he, he's like, no, 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 no way that's happening <laughs> no way again. No that's going to happen again. Um, so, yeah, I, Alabama took care of business like, like they should. Um, Ohio State, they kind of stomped. They, they curb stomped Oklahoma. Um, they they shut down before. the Sooners' season. Oh, there's no, yeah, there's, there's no, no reason to think. I mean, Oklahoma still could win the Big 12. Yeah, um, but there's no way they're going to go to the college football playoff now. They, they might win the Big 12 with two losses, go 10-2, and two, and then I don't think they'll make the they, – the Big 12 might be the team looking on the outside again. After yeah. going the <laughs> they might get snubbed again. Yeah, because I, I don't think it's years. at the point where there's going to be two SEC teams, two ACC teams. No, I don't um, think so, not, not currently. Not the way yeah. everything's shaping out, I mean, through three weeks of the year. Nothing looks – like Tennessee doesn't seem that strong. They had – one good game against Virginia Tech and then two strugglers after that. Yeah. I don't think um, that one – yeah, I can't see it. Two, eight, um, two SEC schools having a team in the playoff now for sure. No. I think if, if any conference would have two going into the college football playoff now, it would be the ACC because Louisville looks really good and Clemson is Clemson. Um, I, don't, I can't see Clemson with a foreseeable loss in the future. Right. They've um, struggled here and there. Yeah. But – no, I can't see them losing very much either. <laughs> They'll probably beat the. You know, you know what'll be funny is if Florida State goes in and, and beats Clemson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then you cause you cause a lot of chaos with that. And you one. get the butterfly effect. What could have happened? Uh, so technically, by osmosis, I mean we're the better team because even though we lost to Louisville, <laughs> um, right. I mean we beat Clemson. And right. So yeah, you get that love triangle going. <laughs> the the, love tr- the transitive love triangle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Michigan, they they won over Colorado, forty-five to twenty-eight. That was at the big house. Well, um, that game looked a little scary if you're a Wolverine fan. I mean, twenty-one uh, down, twenty-one to seven. You got to give props to Michigan to coming back. Yeah. Um, they. It's interesting because people looked at them as uh, they give them the national title after week one and two. <laughs> well, more after week one because week two exposed their defensive line a little bit, or their offensive line, I should say, not their D-line. They couldn't run. Um, and then they, they give up all those yards to Colorado, and they almost get down. I think Colorado missed a field goal. You know, probably would have been 24. to Yeah. And, it, and it's interesting because – You'll be able to see a lot of what Michigan is now. Yeah, and it'd be how to play them and whatnot, and what their strengths are. And if it isn't for Jabril Peppers, I think Jabril Peppers. I mean, he's lighting the world on fire. He he got two uh, Big Ten honors this week. He got like Defensive Player in the Week and like right. um, Special off? Teams Players uh, yeah. in the Week. There's he's the glue that keeps that that program together. Or that when they need him, he's there, and that's the. I think brilliance of Jabril Peppers, but if he has to play one position the whole game, yeah. he's not an X factor anymore. Yeah, you get a competent special teams team too. I don't think he's as com- I don't think he's as good. And Collar, it, it, for Michigan, it should be concerning. Give props to them for coming back. Same way uh, Michigan State was able to hold off Notre Dame it was the flip flop with you know with Michigan there. Uh, give them props for for coming back for sure. And I mean um, Jordan Lewis Jordan Lewis still hasn't come back yet, really? but. Uh, at at the same time, I mean, 
I think every week you're you're seeing a little bit of a stronger opponent each and every week from mm-hmm. Michigan. And I think as that progresses, you see more and more cracks in in their proverbial right. boat. And it was like that last year where they had played no, but they'd well, I mean, they, they shut out their Utah last three opponents. F- yeah, or they they when they beat or when they lost to Utah and then went on that streak of like five and zero, oh, and they were five and one going into the Michigan State game, and the Michigan State you know pulls off that win and even Michigan State thoroughly dominated for most of that game. Yeah. Uh, if they had comp- like I said, they had competent special teams. And Jabril Peppers isn't a factor against Michigan State. But um And then uh elsewhere, I mean we talked about it, uh Louisville, they whomped on then number two Florida State. Jeez. That game was sixty three to twenty. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson went thirteen for twenty one. I mean that's all right. Um a two hundred and sixteen yards passing, one touchdown, what's the big deal? Um, but he had 146 rushing yards too, and four rushing touchdowns. So is it 18 touchdowns for three games? Yeah, averaging about six touchdowns a game. I, I mean, that's it's ridiculous. The man should be a Heisman contender at this point. I think he's the front runner. Um, oh yes. It, I mean, that's a very fair statement to make. I, coming into the season, Vegas Vegas had his odds at like 100 to one. Right. And now he's the front runner. It's like six to five. So if you heard that bell, what that means is we went over our allotted time spot uh, for this segment, and we realized that an hour-long podcast or a 45-minute-long podcast uh, is a little too long, especially when you're listening to two college kids ramble on about what they think they know about sports. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to finish up this segment, and we're going to talk about our champs and chumps, our hot takes, and our 5-5 five and five power rankings. Hi, I'm Stephen Oshansky for the State News, and let me tell you a little bit about a book that just came out about Michigan State football. So, talking MSU football isn't complete without talking about the driving force behind this amazingly successful program, Mark D'Antonio. Any true Michigan State fan has to check out Reaching Higher, a commemorative book detailing the story behind D'Antonio and how he elevated a struggling program into a national powerhouse. Whether new to Spartan football and reading about this journey to to excellence for the first time or a seasoned football pro wanting to relive the excitement, Reaching Higher makes a great read and an even greater gift. Reaching Higher, Mark D'Antoni and the Rise of Michigan State Football is available for just $24.95. Again, that's $24.95. And you can find that book at T-H-E-S-N-E dot ws forward slash d'antonio book that website again is t-h-e-s-n-e dot ws forward slash d'antonio book better yet why don't you just go to the state news website click on the banner that says reaching higher mark d'antonio and our good friends they'll take care of you again reaching higher 24.95 available now Welcome back, everybody. Let's get into Clemson. Uh, they won 59 nothing over South Carolina State. Um, the thing that really interested me about that game is the fact that it was shortened. And it wasn't shortened because of rain. It wasn't shortened because of weather. Um, it wasn't shortened because of any kind of delay of game. It, it was shortened because Clemson just took an absolute dump on South Carolina State. Um, <laughs> 59, was it 59 Yeah, 59 nothing, And a- after halftime... The South Carolina State coaches agreed to shorten the quarters to 12 minutes. Coaches, yeah. um, was, I think 
What are you going to ask me about that? I mean, do you think it's fair? I'm not going to say for South Carolina State because obviously they agreed to it. Right. Do you, is it fair for the fans to have a shortened game like that? They paid for 60 minutes well, of football. Let me give you this. If you went to that game and stayed past halftime and it wasn't your, you weren't getting paid to be there past halftime, you should have left. Yeah. Because, what was it? They scored twice. It was what? 45 nothing at halftime? Okay, who, who in their right mind wants to stick through that game? You have to be an arduent college football fan or a kid that's never seen college football before it's taking your first game so you can get the cheap seats that are $20. You've got to be stupid to stay after if you've seen enough college football. Like, if you're a student, go get drunk. <laughs> that's what you... Like, you got to be... Like, that's what half... They show up drunk. They're going to leave at halftime drunk. Okay. They go more and party more. I think... Is it, is it fair to fans... Yeah, you're stupid in the first place for going to see this game. If it's closed, don't leave, obviously. Like, Furman, like, you should have left at halftime if the game had been a blowout. But it wasn't, and a lot of people stayed. As they I mean, have. but you know, they probably got at least one or two letters saying, How dare you? I paid $13.99 for those <laughs> nosebleed seats, well, I was, and I expected 60 minutes of football. Well, like, How dare I, you? Same thing I just said, though, is you're stupid if you did. If you, thought that the game would be close and you would, you didn't even get your money's worth out of that unless you're just some slapstick fan who just wants them to win 59 nothing every week and you score even if it's 59 nothing they could be that, that's the same person who would cheer if they're playing little sisters of the blind and those, <laughs> and, those and those blind kids can't even throw football and Clemson would roll all over them and Clemson would walk into the end zone 59 times in the first quarter Listen, that I, would be the same fan i would tell you not to buy the tickets to that game. Listen, you go don't you dare talk day. about Little Sisters of the Blind. Yeah, I've talked to head coach blind. Stevie Wonder multiple blind. times, and he, he is a great coach. It doesn't matter if he can't find his wow. like his front wow. porch. I think this, but, this program just got a little insensitive. Um, yeah. <laughs> we lost some cap. I'm going to cut you off. We're, I'm going to cut you off with that one. Yeah, we're um, done. We're, we're done. <laughs> you, I, it was an interesting talking point. I just wanted to know what your opinion on you it was. You should get suspended for that I one. should? Okay. Um, so, our next talking point, is we're going to talk about the champ and Trump coming out of the MSU and Notre Dame game. Uh, Steven, who's a champ? I'm, I'm going to give you uh, my champ, Gerald Holmes. Gerald Holmes? That's Gerald, a, Okay, so you know, I didn't even know this. I don't think many people knew it in the press room. We were sitting there. It went to the guy, to one of the reporters, asked Antonio, how does Gerald Holmes respond given the death of his grandmother on Friday, the day before the game? I mean, that's got to be tough. Uh, I mean, talking with him, he, I remember that one quote, he was surely going to miss her because he was there uh, you know, all the time after school when he was growing up. Um, you know, it was probably a little distance then. It, it doesn't sound like they were living together currently. But he remembers crying after the, during in the middle of meetings Yeah. that Friday. He's crying in the middle of meetings and... It, good on him to get out there and play. It um, it's tough to lose somebody, somebody close, and then you know try and pick up the next day, especially play a football game. And then it's always cool to see you know when things like that and how certain players respond. You know, like it, he walks out there and then he has the game he did. You know with. 13 carries for 100 yards and the big 76 game which blew the or six game six yard uh touchdown run that blew the game wide open at that point it's 36 to 7 and ended up being the yeah. winning score yeah i he's definitely my champ for this one yeah um oh, that's fair that's very fair to make uh he had a very good game um what about your chump uh definitely a chump i'm gonna actually go with cheering in the press box uh, cheering in the press box I, is I, my chump <laughs> of the game <laughs> 
I remember sitting there. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yes. We're not going to name names. We're not going to name names, and we're not going to um, say who it was. But, you know, I'm sitting there, and, you know, over further down from me is a bunch of people cheering in the press box, and it's a writer, a certain group of people, and they're getting excited about Michigan State blowing out Notre Dame. And, you know, I get, like, that we can be fans for a lot, uh, like, you know, for the longest time of our lives. And, I mean, my grandfather played football here. If anybody in that press box had a connection, it was me. And, you know, I'm not sitting there cheering. And you get paid to be there, and literally it says in the plaque card, don't cheer in the press box, and yet you're cheering in the press box. Um, You know, maybe the business isn't right for you at that point. I don't know. But you can't cheer in the press box. I get having the emotional connection to a team you grew up rooting for for the longest time or anything like that. And, I mean, going on top of that. You're getting paid to be there. And you can't, it just says no cheering. That's the first thing. you got to throw everything aside when you cover a game. Uh, going on top of that, um, I, the amount of job. times... It's my job. The amount of times that I heard we in that press box talking about MSU football, oh, yeah. we yep. better win yep. next week heard against Wisconsin. If too. we play this way next week, we're not going to win. Who's we? And that, that, Okay, look, the guy, the, the kid's a great kid. He's yeah. a nice guy. Nice kid. I just don't, I think, we, you got to call people out sometimes. You, you, like, I don't think he, and I mean, he meant to, to, to do it. It was getting like, to the point, he like, was a good guy. even if I would have had that kid over and, like, we would have had, like, pizza and I invited him oh, over yeah. to my house to, like, watch the game. I'd probably hang out I with would, the kid. No, he's a, I wouldn't. He's a smart, he knew what he was talking about. There was yeah. nothing, you know what I mean? It's but, just, I mean, he was still fanboying a little too hard, yeah. even for my liking. Like, I don't fanboy that hard when I'm at home watching a game. Right. Exactly. Yeah, oh. there's no... Yeah, so that would be my chump for the week. Not him, but cheering in the press box. Because you heard cheering on the Notre Dame side, too. When yes. Notre Dame started making the comeback. They're, they're writers. I remember getting a tweet from a, a former State News alum who is one of the writers for Notre Dame. He goes, it's actually for us Notre Dame writers. Yeah. He goes, it's not me, obviously. But he goes, it's for these other people. He goes, you'll hear plenty of cheering tonight. And then I did. And it was a lot of it came from MSU because it was 36-7 at one point. But then I heard Notre Dame on their comeback. So I guess, and I remember one, one writer before the game, I'm sorry, I'll let you get to your thing here in a second, but he was like writing off Michigan State going, if you, um, if you're right, if you can't beat Furman, Notre Dame's going to, we, he said we are going to kick your ass. And I was like, you're a writer. So I'm sorry, Mr. Harrison, go for it. Yeah, can I talk now? Yeah, um, yeah. This is supposed to be <laughs> a four-minute segment, and you've taken up four we minutes. We've lasted three minutes now. This is so. Bad. Uh, I'm going to go quick with this. Anyway, let's get... Tyler, <laughs> Tyler O'Connor is the champ. Uh, he's able to figure out uh, to throw the deep ball. He's good with the play calling, uh, comfortable in big game situations, which proves a lot. Um, he went out, won against uh, Ohio State. Now he goes out, wins against Notre Dame. So he's he's building a resume, and he's building a good one. It's quiet. He's kind of going under the radar, which I don't think he really should be. Um, because as good as he was, or as good as Gerald Holmes was, as good as Donnie Corley was, he was the reason for that. True. Um, and so the chump, uh, it might be a little unjust, it might be a little harsh in saying so, but the MSU secondary. Um, we talked about it. You said that, like, yeah, Notre Dame was doing the hurry-up offense, and they, they were kind of just had an eat-the-clock mentality. Um, but the fact that Notre Dame got 21 points in the late third quarter and all throughout the fourth quarter, uh, that that's a little bit alarming. I, I think that game could have been at least one score lower. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that about does it for champ and chump for the week.
I just want to hit the bell. Okay. Um, oh, that's just a. That's that's nice, Stephen. Do you hate me? I, I don't hate you. I tolerate you. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of differences. When we come back, we'll go to hot takes. Um, so just to hear a word from our sponsor again. Talking MSU football isn't complete without talking about the driving force behind this amazingly successful program, Mark D'Antonio. Hi, I'm Casey Harrison, and any true Michigan State fan has to check out Reaching Higher, a commemorative book detailing the story behind D'Antonio and how he elevated a struggling team to a national powerhouse. Whether new to Spartan football and reading about this journey to excellence for the first time, or a seasoned football pro wanting to relive the excitement, Reaching Higher makes a great read and even a greater gift. Reaching Higher, Mark D'Antonio and the Rise of Michigan State Football is available for just $24.95 at thesne.ws forward slash D'Antonio book. That website again is thesne.ws forward slash D'Antonio book. Better yet, you can go to our website and click on the Mark D'Antonio Reaching Higher button, banner, whatever it exactly is. It's still hard to peg down, but you can get it there, and it's just for $24.95. Once again, Reaching Higher, available now. Welcome back, everybody. Let's get into, the hot t- let's get into our hot takes for the week. Um, Mr. Harrison, I'm going to pass this one along to you. I know you've got something that you wanted to talk about. Uh, Lamar Jackson... Is en route to winning the Heisman. Oh, wow. Um, wow. He, so far, he's at a 61% completion rating. He's at 11 yards per pass and average. Eight passing touchdowns, which is like, eh, whatever. But he has 10 rushing touchdowns. Like, bro, that's nuts. It's only three games into the season. Uh, actually, I think, have they had four games yet? No. Okay, so yeah, three games into the season. That's freaking nuts. Um, he's he's going to do... Big things, and I think he's probably going to be a three-year player. He's going to go to the NFL next year um, because winning a Heisman and coming back to have an encore performance, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Obviously, it's pretty early to tell. Uh, I'm just kind of jumping on the bandwagon, but you can call me out for it. I'm going to give your hot take a out of, like, two thousand. I'm going to give it a... Out of two thousand, does that mean I hit? That the... was an awful hot take. Wow, just kidding. that was an awful hot well, take. Well, give me your hot you, take, you, big you know boy. What, what, you know why it wasn't? Because because everybody's talking about it, Mr. Harrison. Listen, everybody thinks Lamar Jackson is going to win the Heisman. So you know what? I'm gonna flip that one on you and say Deshaun Watson is gonna win the Heisman. Wow, Clemson's Deshaun Watson, Heisman favorite earlier in the year, now gone a little bit quiet. Is probably actually going to win uh, games that somehow matter more than Lamar Jackson will because I think Louisville, while talented as they are, isn't gonna get tested for a while. Well, I think they're gonna get tested at Clemson, and you know who's gonna best him in that game? Deshaun Watson because they have a competent defense. Oh, so you know what? Deshaun Watson will outdo Lamar yeah, Jackson. But... This is my hot take for you. Okay. Deshaun Watson will outdo Lamar Jackson in the Clemson Louisville game, and Deshaun Jackson will win the Heisman because of that performance. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. And uh... that is a fire hot take for you. <laughs> well, uh, it's time for the picks. Uh, our the Monday picks. five the and five We're... power rankings. <laughs> okay. So we'll let's... give you the picks of. 
four weeks from now. Yes. Um, <laughs> so let's start the national power ranking. Steven, let's go one through five. Let me guess what your number one team in the country is. Yeah, you're not going to be able to guess it, uh, so go for it. Michigan. <laughs> Good one. No, uh, I'm going to go with Bama. Uh, you are exactly correct, sir. Wow, you said I wasn't going to be able to get it. <laughs> I know. You um, are going to be able to get it. Number two in the nation, OSU. Yes, sir. Number three in the nation, I think you're going to go with your little, uh, your little fan bases. You, I think you're kind of rooting for them a little bit. I, you like Houston. I think they jump up a little bit in your book. You were wrong. I've got Clemson at number three. Ooh. Like I told you, wrongfully moved down because they, they schedule an FCC school, which everybody seems to be playing tough this year or losing to. Not really. I guess North Dakota State is no longer an FCS school. However... Beat Iowa. You don't schedule these games anymore. Thank God for the Big Ten not deciding not to schedule these kind of games anymore. So Clemson has a little bit run-up problem with those teams. However, they're still good, and they're still going to play into the national title game in the college football playoff because Louisville ain't going to win it. So they're, therefore, Clemson at number three. Is your number four school, are they in the ACC? Uh, no, sir. Are do they reside in the state of Michigan? No, sir. Ooh. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to guess here. Is it Stanford? No, sir. It's Houston. Oh. Houston does crack my top four, however, because if the college football playoff was today, Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Houston. Wow. Are my top four. If the, uh, Houston looking really good against Oklahoma, continuing just to dominate and win effectively. No need. I think they are better than the number five school, who I think uh, you can uh, guess at this point. Is it, is it the school down the road? Is it, it is, Michigan? It is the school down the road. I got Michigan at number five, and then a close one behind that would be Stanford at six, Michigan State at seven. Where's Louisville in that? Louisville at eight. Wow. Behind Michigan State. Because you can't buy into the hype of schools like that just yet. So, Mr. Harrison, I already know, I think, what your national power rankings are. So look, just rattle them off for me. Anyway, number one is Bama. Number two, Ohio State, the Ohio State University. Number three is Louisville. Number four is Clemson. And number five, drum roll please, it's Houston. Outside the college football playoff. Huh? Yes. Outside the college football playoff. Um, well, it's a I mean, bold move. Bold listen, move. listen. Bold move. The, these aren't set in stone. This is just for this week. Who's, who's the best team at this current date and time? Um, I think I put Louisville ahead of Clemson. I think Louisville's going to beat Clemson uh, in that game. I believe it's, what, two weeks away? Mm-hmm. And that, that about does it. So let's get into some Big Ten power rankings. Steven, who is the number one team in the Big you know, Ten? Go the other way. I think it would be more fun to go five to one. Five to one? Mm-hmm. Um, your number five team is going to be Iowa. No. Who is it then? Nebraska. Ooh! Finally, uh, I guess I have to jump off the Iowa train uh, after that loss to North Dakota State. I still think Iowa can win their side of the Big Ten. However, I think Nebraska is a little bit better. So right now, I got Nebraska. I mean, after Wisconsin beats MSU, there, wow. there's no way. Ooh, wow! Yeah! Wow! That that puts Wisconsin as winners of the Big Ten West. Wow! Yeah. Wisconsin at number four. Number four was Wisconsin. Yes, uh, okay. Yeah, because you brought him up on this thought as well. Might as well say it. Okay. 
Uh, number three, let me guess, is MSU. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, no surprise there. Still, still have something to prove because um, Michigan is higher in most statistical categories. And then number two, I'm going to say is Michigan. Yes, sir. And then number one, Ohio State. Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> totally kidding. Yes. I mean, yeah. I don't know. They, they, they've, they've steamrolled. They proved their offense is is phenomenal as always. Uh, defense, I mean, gave up 24 to Oklahoma. Not a surprise, but. Yeah, you know, they're they're still good. There's nothing I I can't see them not winning the Big Ten still. And you know what, Mr. Harrison, I think I would be surprised if your rankings are different than mine. Um, well, partly because you're looking at them right now. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, the, uh, exactly the same. Nebraska number five. They get to upset uh, Oregon. Excuse you. Uh, You're excused. You don't keep going. I'm, I'm just, talking. I'm dinging here. them off as you go. Um, Wisconsin number four, MSU number three, Michigan number two, and the Ohio State University number one. That'll do it for the rankings. Final thoughts from today's show. I think as as we wrap up, those are our rankings. Any more thoughts on those rankings? Who do you see slipping into the top five? Who do you see slipping out? Uh, I think if anyone's going to slip out, it's either going to be Louisville, it's either going to be Clemson. I have faith in Louisville, so I'm going to put my eggs in the basket that Clemson falls from the pedestal. Um, I don't see Alabama going anywhere. I don't see Ohio State going anywhere. Um, Houston, I think, is on the back burner. Nobody in the national media is going to talk about them for now. Um, I think as the season progresses, they're still not going to get that much attention, and Houston is going to squeak their way into the college football playoff. And before we close this out, I'm going to have one final hot take for you. Houston is better than Louisville. Houston's defense, I think, more legit. Can't stop Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, game changer, but who do they play? Who do they play? Uh, Florida they, State? They play, <laughs> play Florida State. That's, they play Florida State. He looked State. pretty good against Florida State for when they can play consistently against better competition. Who I think Houston is better than Florida State. But, uh, to, I mean, exploit teams I like that. and I'm pretty sure... Houston is better than Louisville. Houston is better than Florida State. Houston, I believe, will get the job done against Louisville later in the year. Houston, I think, is much better. So that is going to wrap up our thoughts on this final show, or this final show, on this Tuesday show. <laughs> the series We'll still be on the air. Don't worry. We'll still be coming at you on Friday again with our preview of Michigan State and Wisconsin. We'll probably talk a little bit about Michigan State's, uh, what after their win against Notre Dame, what sets up their, what what's the perception of them making the college football playoff? All of that. We'll get to that on Friday. So without further ado, you know, we'll see you on Tuesday. Harrison, or we'll see you on Friday. I'm sorry, Mr. Harrison, you're, final you're thoughts? You're a mess. You're a hot mess. I am. Um, you've already asked me for my final thoughts. No, I know. But so I'm going to take this me. opportunity to um, – kind of beg you to please follow us on Twitter. Uh, Steven really needs the follows. Uh, you can follow him at S. Olshansky. That's S-O-L-C-H-A-N-S-K-I. You can follow me on Twitter um, at C. Harrison. Uh, my friends call me Cherison. T-S-N um, for the state news. And then you can follow the state news uh, at the snooze underscore sports. And remember to like us on Facebook. Follow us on SoundCloud. Tell us about your family, your loved ones, uh, everybody, because we want to. We, we love you. We want to. We want to keep you guys informed. So, without further ado, we will see you on Friday.
Hi, I'm Stephen Oshansky with the State News Podcast Network. Let me tell you a little bit about a new book that's recently come out. Talking MSU football isn't complete without talking about the driving force behind this amazingly successful program, Mark D'Antonio. Any true Michigan State fan has to check out Reaching Higher, a commemorative book detailing the story behind D'Antonio and how he elevated a struggling program into a national powerhouse. Whether new to Spartan football and reading about this journey to excellence for the first time or a seasoned football pro wanting to relive the excitement, Reaching Higher makes a great read and an even better gift. Reaching Higher, Mark D'Antoni and the Rise of Michigan State Football is, is available for just $24.95, again, $24.95 at T-H-E-S-N-E dot W-S forward slash D'Antonio book. Again, T-H-E-S-N-E dot W-S forward slash D'Antonio book. And you know what? You could also just go to the state news website, click on the banner that says Reaching Higher, Mark D'Antonio. It'll take you right to the checkout page. Remember to check us out.